Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I switched to Boost Mobile and got a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Want to know the best part? Uh, it was free? Nope. The fact that it's on America's largest 5G networks? Nope. It's the ding. Oh, yeah. Love the ding. Right? It's all about the ding. It's the dingarooski, the dingarona, the ring-a-ding-ding. Unleash your power to save with Boost. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone when you switch. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. And the ding. Limited time offer. New customers only. Available on select networks. 5G not available everywhere. One device per line. Tax excluded. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. Wealthy today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas laying brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gonna break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second, I can waste something food on place. Fumbled the bag, I still ain't got that disappointment to shake. So now I'm trying to double up on every dollar I make. Money don't buy you happiness, it sure don't take it away. I'm smiling hard as hell, every time I step in the bank. You can't be making reckless moves cause there's so much at stake when you got some shit to lose your decisions gonna change cause every action got a consequence consider your ways hardest thing to do in life is elevate through your pain i can't relate to feeling like your life is stuck in the face giving effort but results just keep remaining the same have some patience with yourself shit ain't as bad as you claim i seen the homeless nigga smile while he was standing in rain it's all about perspective Chillin', catching blessings, and cryptocurrency been bustin', and I'm well invested. She know that if she rock with me, then she gon' stay protected. Cause even when this shit get hectic, I ain't never stressin'. I'm legend. I woke up feeling wealthy today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas layin' brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gon' break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second, I can waste, I'm putting food on place. Yeah. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Black Wolf Renaissance Podcast. Your boy David Bellard, one fourth of the Black Wolf Renaissance, checking in with my co-host, all my brothers here today. Fellas, how y'all feeling? What up, what up, what up? It's your boy Jay the man. It's another quarter of the Black Wolf Renaissance Podcast. I'm feeling good, feeling great, man. I am blessed to be here. What's up with the rest of y'all? Yo, what's good, everybody? It's your boy Kelly here, checking in, checking in, feeling good, feeling great on this lovely Saturday. Getting ready for this great podcast we're about to have. How you feeling over there, Jared? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. It's another good Saturday in the neighborhood. You know, it's your boy Jared, one fourth of the Blackwell Franchise Podcast, checking in. I'm ready to get into this podcast, man. I know it's about to be gym packed, a lot of information. So we definitely ready to get uh, into this guest journey and talk about everything that they've done. Yes, sir. Yes. Been a great day so far for myself as well. Really got a lot going on. Uh, we planned out our yeah, first live podcast, week, live, live. Got a event next weekend. We're going to a ribbon cutting this weekend. It's been real crazy, ripping and running in Dallas. But we doing what we said we're going to do, make these connections. And y'all just stay on the lookout for what's popping in the city. But yeah, like Jared was saying, y'all got another great episode for y'all today. But um, before we get into yeah, that, okay. I need y'all, if you've been listening to this, y'all leave us a five-star rating and review Share this with a family member or a friend. If you found some of our content helpful to you, it can help anybody else. So y'all make sure y'all do that for us. 
Make sure y'all leave them rating and reviews to help us with the charts and everything. So we appreciate that, fam. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And with that said, y'all, we're going to get into our guests for the day. So on today's podcast, y'all, we have an entrepreneur from out of Virginia. She's a business coach, author, speaker, all around just been getting into it as an entrepreneur. Okay. And uh, she's helped over 5,000 speakers and coaches monetize their business through becoming an author. And she's on a mission to help a thousand authors start making 10K a month with their book passively. Miss Taria Vision of Aunt Taria, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thank you guys. How y'all doing? Oh, I already know how y'all doing. <laughs> how you doing? Man, I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. Really grateful. And I can't wait to get into this. No problem. Thank you for taking some time out your busy day because you're doing something today as well. So we appreciate you taking some time out and uh, giving us this interview. Like you said, we'll just get right on into it. One of the very first things that we always ask our new guest is, how did you get up to this point in your journey? What did that take? Ooh, well, how far you want me to go back? <laughs> <laughs> well, like you said at the beginning, David, I'm originally from Virginia. Hampton, Virginia is where I started my journey to entrepreneurship. But, you know, listen, for a very long time, and in fact, it started in 1999 when I had graduated from high school and uh, I started, yes, I know. I don't look like that. I graduated. I graduated just like, <laughs> but anyways, no, but no, yeah. Like I graduated and I always, you know, aspired to be an entrepreneur, but, but truth be told y'all, I don't even really say that I've been an entrepreneur since 1999 because the first 10 years of my journey, I was really a tripreneur. I tried mm-hmm. so much. Like I used to sell knives, vacuum cleaners. I did insurance. Like I literally became an insurance licensed agent. Went to my first house. I got scared, drove away, never did it again. I was a Bales bondsman. <laughs> uh, I hated that because everybody kept getting locked up when I was in the club. So that was around the times when I was turning up too. You know what I mean? <laughs> Working for me. Door-to-door sales. Like I've always, you know, tried different things. But the thing about me is I was really good at trying and very good at quitting. And so that's why I say tripreneur. And then it wasn't until around 2006 that my father, he was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. And watching my father in those seven months go through the transitioning of his life, it was one of the most difficult things I ever experienced. But it also taught me a lot about like we'd be playing around with our time. And I keep on trying these things and quitting and just saying one day and stuff like that. So I decided to end up end up moving to Atlanta, Georgia. And by the way, I always like to say this, you know, the thing about most of us here in this world is that we actually stop living around 25. Right. We stop living. But then we officially die later on down the line. And what I mean by living is that we just get into the space where it's like, well, this is life. Let me go to work. You know, I'll come home or, you know, if it's traffic, I'll go to happy hour, whatever I'm going to do. But you do the same stuff. And then on the weekend, you might go to the bar, whatever. And you really stop living. To me, living is experiencing and doing all the things that you've said when you was a little kid that you wanted to do. So I moved to Atlanta, Georgia. I got tired of talking about one day I'm going to do this. And, you know, I'll, you know how we do all that talking mm-hmm. and started my journey we're no longer trying, but really being an entrepreneur. So I did this. I had this multimedia company. In fact, when I was in Virginia, I used to host this local TV show as well. I always forget to talk about this. It was called Urban. I'm not Urban. It was called The Circuit. And all the celebrities that came into Virginia, I would interview. So I've interviewed like way back in the day. I had interviewed a lot of dope people, right? And yeah. So fast forward, I moved to Atlanta to really try to bring that to Atlanta. It ain't quite work out. I ended up getting into this industry called network marketing. Mm -hmm. Um, And my first company was in 2009. 
the young lady that presented me the presentation, her name is Stormy Wellington. A lot of people know her. She's a big deal in the industry of network marketing. And I remember when she was showing me, like she didn't really even know what she was doing. She was new to it. She was just like, this is what I made. <laughs> this is what I'm selling. I was like, well, I know God is no respecter of one. Mm -hmm. So sign me up. So I got started and I became a diamond in that company. It was a diamond president is what they called it. I was in that company for about a year and I decided to transition to another company. And I stayed in that company for about four years. And then I went through a really, really tough time towards the end of that four years. So what happened for me, I had built this company up. I had become one of the top female income earners in the entire industry of network marketing. I mean, one of the top income earners in the industry as well. But I always like to say female because I was in a company that was very large, male dominated. And so it was only three women to ever hit the level of leadership that I had hit in that company. Well, three black women. Mm -hmm. So anyways, towards the end, it was like everything started spiraling out of control. I had a good friend of mine who was diagnosed with cancer. And mind you guys, I didn't know that she was diagnosed with cancer. But the last time we had talked, she was telling me about some of the challenges that she was dealing with in life. And I was like, girl, stop talking to me about them challenges. Listen, if you need help, let me know I got you. But we got to stop talking about the negative and focus on the positive. And I learned in that space that that's the last thing you want to do when somebody is opening up. Sometimes people just need to be able to release. Well, that was the last time I ever talked to her, like physically and even on the phone. And then the next time I talked to her, you know, she was texting me how her back was hurting her because I hit her up like, yo, what's good? She's like, girl, my back hurt. And two days later, she passed away. So that was tough. And then my grandmother, I had been hustling so hard in this network marketing business and grinding and grinding and grinding. And I didn't have time for my friends and family. And I'm going to mm. tell you guys, don't ever do that. Like, don't ever sacrifice people that are there for you unconditionally to build a business and chase after money. Because you'll find once you finally get to the success, you look back, ain't nobody there with you. Because mm. people that's on the grind, which, you know, the people that's following you and stuff, mm -hmm. that's, that's not your friends. <laughs> that's people that are benefiting from your success. But I'm talking about the people who don't benefit, right? The people that are there with you before you got started, that love you no matter what. They know your nicknames. They know your ratchet side and all that. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. Well, anyways, now that my grandmother had cancer, and uh, long story short, she passed away. Then I was in love, y'all. I was in love, chat. And um, come to find out, that ain't work out. And my heart got broken. And then I had my organization falling apart. Y'all was going through hell. And it was that time where I was really trying to decide if I still wanted to live here in this world anymore. And I'll never forget it. I was looking up all types of ways. I see I'm one of those type of people like, if it makes sense, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And so I was trying to figure out the easiest way to leave this world. And unfortunately, all the ways that I felt like would work, I was, it didn't work. So for example, like pills, they were saying pills, they were saying 99% of most people don't work. I was like, oh Lord, well, I would hate to do that. And then I'd be in the hospital, everybody think I'm crazy. So I was like, I ain't gonna do that. I don't like guns, even though I got me one, like don't trip. Like I got me a nine. I just don't like to <laughs> shoot it. Right. Uh, and, but I'm scared of guns. So I was like, that ain't gonna work. And I'm afraid of heights. And I always share this because it's the one time where fear in a way of not doing. Sometimes fear will cause us to do, take action. Mm -hmm. But the one time where fear caused me not to has allowed me to still be here in this world. And I'm so grateful that God kept me. Because then when I was like, all right, Jesus, 
If you're going to like make me afraid to do this, then why am I? Here? I'm not done yet. Right. Why am I here? So I started doing workshops, y'all. And I had no idea that, I mean, fast forward to today, I would have helped over 5,000 plus people. I just knew, okay, I got to do something. And mm-hmm. so I took action. And as I went through the years, I figured out what was going to be the vehicle that I was going to use. I just shared this on another event I was just doing. And um, I was telling them, I was like, don't ever get it twisted. Me helping people to write books and generate profits from their books. That's not my purpose. That's just a vehicle. My purpose is so much bigger than that. Mm -hmm. I'm just grateful that right now I have a vehicle so I can connect to my brother and my sister so that I can impact them in ways that they didn't even know that they were going to get impacted. So that's where I am today. And I ended up moving from Atlanta to Houston about three years ago. Business quadrupled moving to Houston. It was a really, really good move for me because I needed to be in a different environment. And then, mm-hmm. of course, we shut down with the pandemic. I'm used to doing workshops, child. I was like, Lord, what I'm going to do? I had to learn how to convert all of that to doing everything virtually, which mm-hmm. really was the reason why my business quadrupled. Because now I can touch people all over and I don't have to physically be there with them. So I'm just grateful. And, you know, yeah, that's where I am today. Like, it's been a big blessing to be on this journey. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. There's so much I want to go into with you. And I guess I just want to go back, like, in the, even into the beginning with that part about being a tripador. Because I think that's really, really important in our community. We were kind of talking about it off camera. Mm-hmm. So often we in that stage of like, oh, we just trying to do this and trying to do that. Can you offer like your advice to somebody that that need that's trying to break out of that mindset or they might not even recognize that that's them? Ah, well, first and foremost, let me just say this. When it comes to. What's up, y'all? This your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance. And I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Our community, we have some examples of success, but not like it's just flooded we're flooded yeah. right it's not on front street right and a lot of times we don't know these people or whatever right so when you think about someone stepping into a space of something they've never seen you know you got to now learn how to use faith and let's be real most of us believe in things that we see with our physical eye mm-hmm. so when people say well i'm gonna try it we try it because we kind of see someone winning at it mm-hmm. but we're not sure if it can happen for us Now, you know, that's a problem with me, too, because a person of faith also should know that, you know, he's no respecter of one. But in our community, another thing that we're big at, like you said, well, first of all, we believe that maybe he lying. We've been, you know, beat down so bad. You know, he's lying or, you know, or they must. I remember I used to think anybody that was wealthy had to do something illegal. Mm-hmm. You know, one person I look up to is Sarah Blakely. You know, she's a billionaire. She created Spanx. In my mind, I think like, what scammy things has she had to do? I used to think that mm-hmm. to a billionaire status. But why can't people just really, truly be successful and be kind in heart? And so it's just a lot of stuff. And I think this all stems back just from the way that as a people that we've been brought up to mm-hmm. believe. We've also been taught that, you know, you got to be first. Right. If it is to be, it's up to me. That's some bull crap. 
how is it is to be it's up to me did amazon get run is it run just by jeff bezos no yeah no imagine if he said some crazy stuff like that he would have been going to the moon you know what he said he said i want to thank my amazon customers and my employees now that was some bull crap too but you know we ain't talking about that but if it is to be it is up to me who made that quote up had to be somebody broke if you want things done right you gotta do it yourself had to be somebody that was broke because ain't no way in this world you can build anything great by yourself. And as a people, we got to learn to trust and we got to learn to do right by each other. And so, listen, it's just about changing the way that we think. And I feel like as long as we have people that are willing to step up and step and talk about these things, it can help us. Me being a tripreneur was also something because in our culture, we also learn that if mommy ain't got enough money with her one job, let me go get a second job. Let me go get a third job. So now we're trying to dibble and dabble in all of these different things. But the last time I checked, anybody that I know that has ever worked multiple jobs at one time also ain't had no money. So listen, you know what I'm saying? So it's just a lot of reprogramming that we have to do within our community and stop trying stuff. I hate that word. And I Mm. say it every now and then, but I have to correct myself. I hate trying because Mm. it gives us an excuse. So if it doesn't work, and a lot of times you say that because you're concerned about what other people think about you. So at least I tried. Man, who cares what they think? Y'all, let's give it our all and make this thing happen. Mm, And I kind of want to talk to you. Like, what was that 10-year period looking like during the trying and the picking this up and doing all it is that? I know you (laughs) said you sold the knives. Did you sell the knives with Vector? (laughs) Yeah, they tried to get us all out of school. Listen, broke. Yeah, I was in college, broke, struggling donating plasma twice a week i still got the knot on my arm for where they messed it up when they was doing a little thing i used to donate plasma for 20 i can't believe this is how bad it was i used to donate plasma twice a week because that's the most they let me come to get 20 dollars so i could have gas to go to a job so you telling me i didn't even have enough money to pay to go to work and this is the conditions we're in i am so forever grateful it was one man that changed the way I thought about money. And he was a Bales bondsman. So I told y'all I used to be a Bales bondsman, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. He was the only person I ever seen outside of like, you know, Virginia had a couple of celebrities and athletes that was driving this Mercedes Benz. He had this Mercedes Benz. It was a two-door Mercedes Benz. And it was new, like fresh new one, right? Outside of trapping too, because I knew a lot of hustlers as well. He was legal. And so me being introduced to him really is what changed the trajectory of my life. Even though I didn't stay being a bondsman, I'm just forever grateful that I was around somebody that was making legal money, that wasn't a rapper, that wasn't an athlete. So I could believe that it could happen for me. So all these years, of course, I'm trying these things, but I wasn't having the results. And it wasn't again, like I said, till my dad passed away that I got tired of trying. And I said, I was going to give it my all because we really don't be giving it our all. I asked this group of people yesterday. I said, listen, are y'all where y'all want to be in y'all business? Everybody said no. I said, why? They said, well, because we're not working hard enough. Well, why are you not working hard enough? You know what you're supposed to do. You know the grind that you're supposed to get. But we'll go work 40 hours for a job and now do the bare minimum. But we'll still go do that 40 hours for someone else's dream. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I got tired of trying. I got tired of talking about it. I didn't want to die. And this is another thing. Let me tell you something. When my dad passed away, he had people from his job all nationalities. I'll never forget. It was this Indian guy. Now I never met none of my dad's like coworkers and stuff like that. He used to run the department, but they were like coworkers for him. And this Indian guy, he was walking around. He was just sobbing. 
And I saw him walking out the door. And I'll never forget it because the way that it was set up, they had like this kind of like barrier. You remember the little walls that you can, they still got them. You can like kind of expand it so you could make mm-hmm. like a fake wall. So they had that. And I saw him fall to his knees. And in my mind, I was thinking, I wonder, did my dad know like the impact that he had on this person's life? Mm-hmm. And from that moment, I said, I don't want to have to question if I'm really impacting people's lives. I want to know it. When I die, I need thousands of people. I need that funeral. I need them to open up something huge because the regular church can't hold everybody. That's where I want to leave this world. And so like, I get chills when I think about it. I get chills when I talk about the day when I leave and what people are going to say about me, because ain't nobody saying nothing about a person who tried. They don't say nothing about people that try. They say about people that did it, that no matter what, you know what I mean? Mm, that's a thing. And I got a question. So that was good. <laughs> that, was great. Yeah, that was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you said you stopped trying, you start giving it your all. What is that exactly entitled? Like what does giving it your all mean? It means when people tell you no, so mm-hmm. it means when the setback happened or the disappointment happened. So it means that when you was on your way to the conference and all of a sudden your tire caught a flat, you said, well, that's a sign from God. I don't need to do it. No, that's a sign to keep pushing. I believe that every single time you have a setback on your way to your journey of success, it only means that if you push through, it's going to be bigger and better than you could ever imagine. It's like a slingshot. When you pull a slingshot back, if you just pull it here, it's going to go but so far. But the further back you pull it, and you don't you put on it. it goes further, right? So for me, I knew that, okay, I know these distractions are going to happen. I know people are going to laugh at me. Do you know how many people thought I was crazy when I left a six-figure network marketing business to start a coaching business? Everybody was joking me. Oh, Taria afraid. She don't think she can build. Let You know, whatever. Even when I got in network marketing, oh, what you selling now? Just a Ponzi scheme. You out here scamming people. Listen, I don't got time for all of that. I'm not looking left. I'm not looking right. I'm going to focus on the end in mind. So mm-hmm. let's say you say, I want to start a real estate business. I want to get into the real estate world. I want to sell houses. Well, do you know that they say like the average real estate, like, I don't even know what the number is. It's a large percentage of real estate licensed agents. Oh, most of them don't do deals. I think it's like 80 or 90%. They don't do deals. Okay. If it's not working and I'm not selling homes, guess the first thing I'm going to do? I'm going to go find people who are selling homes and I'm going to figure out what the hell are they doing? Because Mm. it ain't working for me. But most people, what we'll do, we say... I'm just going to give up. But you told me that you wanted to be in this space, right? Okay, here's another thing. So you said, I'm going to go find other people who are selling homes who are successful. Well, I've reached out to them. They told me they can't mentor me. So you're going to give up? No, you're going to keep on doing it. And you're going to keep on focusing. And the next time you go approach them, you're going to bring something of value in exchange. See, we as a people, we need any reason to say, well, I tried, but I'm going to give up. No, 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 no. You set one goal. And you keep going until it happens. And no matter what distractions come along the way, disappointments, negativity, setbacks, you have to keep pushing. So for me, that's what it was. Because I listen, I'd let anybody. I remember when I had signed up to sell coat knives, I did my first presentation, right? And then I was getting ready to do my second. I got a cold. I quit. I got a cold. I quit the business. Mm-hmm. What type of mess is that? When I decided I wanted to sell insurance. I remember I drove to Richmond to go take this class from Hampton to Richmond. It's like an hour and a half. I was in a pray car. Now, y'all know what a pray car is, right? Mm -mm. Where you got to pray that it starts. 
And then you gotta pray that it don't cut off when you slow down and get to the light, cause you know what I'm talking about, right? You stop. Yeah, what is my island? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One time my car got so bad, I don't know what it was, but it would take a long time to speed up, right? Mm-hmm. Listen, we used to be reckless. In the car. <laughs> so I was driving to Richmond every day in this car to learn this course, and I finally take the test for the insurance. I fail it the first time. I then go back to take it a second time. I finally passed it. I went through all of that to pull up to my first house. I got scared and pulled away and never tried it again. I quit. Wow. This is what I mean. And this is what we do. What That's I a mindset tried, thing. I tried. You know what I mean? No, you ain't tried. You ain't did nothing. You were playing yourself. So that's what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. That's powerful because, like you said, a lot of people, they're not putting up the shots. They're not putting up the reps. They never even knocked on a hundred doors to get one one no. Like the, the, you can't be out, like you gotta be out here. A lot of the things with sales, especially, it's a numbers game. You gotta be willing to get the numbers. You gotta learn, like, okay, what does it take for me to convert? Do I gotta talk to a hundred people? Do I gotta talk to five hundred people? Do I gotta talk to a thousand people? And plus, it also depends on your product, all of those different types of things, because your sales cycle is gonna be different for everything. So you got to start understanding what your numbers are. Yes, absolutely. Y'all, we have to know our numbers. And if the numbers are not really what you want, then you always have to be growing. Always be growing. I know that's not the best language. I don't care. I make up words too. Always be growing. Y'all, the way that we did sales, think about it, how life has changed just this quick. The way that we sold stuff even three years ago is not the same way we sell it today. Completely different. Completely different. So you can't keep holding on to, and then that's another thing. I don't listen to nobody. Can nobody tell me nothing that is not having success? So be careful who y'all listen to. We be on social media listening to all these captain coaches. Listen, before you listen to anyone, make sure they really got results. Mm-hmm. Capping coaches. I'm about to give me a shirt. <laughs> I like I'm that. Tired of the, these the captain coaches. I swear to God, I'm going to give me one made. I'm tired of them because they be on social media with the big followings and stuff, and we just be all plugged in, ain't sold no house, ain't drove no truck, ain't what what else they be doing? Ain't been, you know, it's just it's a lot of weird Capping stuff. You gotta be careful. Capping coaches. Now I know some coaches that are in the spaces that are really having success in those areas. Mm-hmm. Make sure they show you that they actually have a success before you just blindly following what they're saying. Because it's easy not to even, post not even that they, they yeah, I was about to say, not even that they show you. Reach they, out they, to their past clients. Mm-hmm. That's how you get the real results. Hey, hey and you, type them in on the Better Business yeah, Bureau. Yeah, Better I, Business Bureau. There's ways that you vet these type of people. Don't go directly to them because I'm going to sell you the best version of me every day, all day, right? Go talk to someone who actually experienced and went through it. And that's how you can really figure out what it is. Definitely. Definitely. Please. Please pay attention. And if they, yeah. if they get a, and ask them for a referral, like, do you have 10 people that you can refer me to? If they get upset about you asking for that, run for yeah, the hills. Yeah, it might not be the coach for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did that the other day. And dude was looking like, he, then he started name dropping all these names. I was like, boy, I didn't ask for no names. I need to refer. Like, yeah, we're not. Listen, don't do Let me talk to them. That's a good way to turn me off. Right. Give me some numbers. And I don't even know if these numbers now is legit because you just was really walking around. And so you'd have probably called these people like, listen. <laughs> Real talk. Yeah, be, protect yourself out here in these internet streets to yeah. say the least. Protect yourself. Three, I wanted to get into something with you. One thing you spoke on in there is like having focus, right? Following that one course. So 
whenever you ended your tripreneur days and stepped into you, you, I'm going to do this. I'm not turning back. It was with network marketing, correct? Yes. Can we speak some to network marketing as a whole? Because like in our community, we have a negative connotation toward network marketing altogether. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So listen, for me, network marketing is honestly the reason why I'm here today. I know for a fact I would not be in this space of coaching if I wasn't in network marketing. So network marketing has really some really good positive sides to it. Mm -hmm. Let me be real specific here and real, real. 97% of most people who get into the industry of network marketing will not have success. That's a fact. And what I mean by success, I'm talking about making money. So where we be at the conferences, looking at the people on the stage, like, oh my God, I'm one day I'm going to be one of them. 97% of the people are already set up not to necessarily win. And it's not because the company or the products don't work. It's because the majority of most people, first of all, we already know that 80% of most people there, they're not going to do nothing. They're not going to do the work. They like to go to conferences. They want to do the hype. Yeah, yeah, They're going to sign up and, you know, they might enroll some people, but they're not going to do the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then of those 20% that are left, listen, the industry of network marketing, you better have a certain kind of swag. I just want to be real here, y'all. Like, The best networkers also know how to speak. Mm -hmm. They also know how to sell. And they probably invest a lot of money in learning both of those. And that's what I had to do. Listen, it's a whole programming thing as far as NLP, knowing what makes people move, what gets people excited. So the industry itself is difficult. And to make six figures in the industry, y'all, when I was making six figures in network marketing, I had no life. Now, once you hit a certain level of success, yes, which again, that puts you at the top 1%, right? When you get to the millions, yes, it changes, but building a network marketing company to six figures, I was on conference calls all day. Mm -hmm. I was every day almost, we were doing meetings in somebody's house, three-way calls. And another thing is I was so messed up that like, if you wasn't trying to do the business, I wasn't even cool. And this is where I was talking about like, you finally hit that level of success and you look back, you're like, oh, I'm getting money. Hey, come on, y'all, let's turn up. I ain't got no friends. Mm -hmm. So- It's a journey. Would I ever trade anything, though, that I've gone through? No. I am so grateful for the industry. Um, So where are the positives if we already know that we're not set up to win financially? You learn leadership. You build camaraderie with some people, not all people, because that ain't, listen, that whole, like, we brothers and sisters for life, no. As long as you're in the company, some people, that's the only time they fool with you. But you still learn to build relationships. You build those connections. You learn how to cultivate people to move. There's just a lot. You learn how to speak. If you're in network marketing and you're watching this, you are not going to make no money if you're not willing to get in front of the room. I was like, listen, coach, put me in. What can I do? Can I open up? I'm telling you, it's the person who speaks the most that makes the most money. And a lot of people, we already know, what's the number one fear most people have? Public speaking. Public speaking. Put me on the stage. Yeah, get me. I don't care. I just went, can I just press play? No, you need to learn how to talk. So yeah, I mean, it's already set up for many people not to win, but it doesn't mean if you are watching this video and you are in network marketing that you can't succeed. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. 
Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Mm-hmm. You got to make a decision today that you're not going to be a part of that 97 and you got to do whatever it takes. That means traveling every single week to different places, three-way calls, every day you're doing meetings. It's a grind and you got to be willing to do it. Most people are not. Hmm. And I'm glad that you, you know, you kept it fully candid and all, all the way 100 because a lot of people, they wouldn't tell you, you know, 97% of y'all are going to fail. Like, a lot of people, they try to take network marketing as the best thing ever. And I'm not going to lie to you. I was one of those people where I definitely had a negative connotation to it because of some of the experiences that I've had with people. And I was just like, uh, I don't think this is for me. And, you know, a lot of people, they all start off with the same type of pitch. So you're like, I know what you bought already. I know. Like, I'm going to stop you right now before you even finish. Let me stop you. But I'm glad that you kept it all the way 100 And I kind of wanted to ask, what are the ways that you differentiate yourself if you are a network marketer to stop people from saying, before you get into it, like, how do you convert people? And like, what's some of the strengths that you got to have? One way is to separate yourself and be seen as an authority figure, right? And you don't need to wait till you hit the top of the leadership to do it. A lot of times we think, oh, let me wait till I hit the level. No, that's a lie. Don't let nobody tell you that. You got to start branding yourself. So me having that book was a great tool because I, I didn't write a book about network marketing. I wrote a book about success principles, right? And because of that, doors opened up for me to speak in environments. And so now people are coming to me on a one-on-one, hey, how can you coach me? And this is how I can show them, get them in through the industry because now I'm telling them, well, this is how I've been able to have my success. So that was one way, but this was on the latter side. Mm-hmm. When I first got started, okay, the thing that differentiated me, number one, like I told y'all, what can I do to help? Like I'm serving, I'm trying to get in front of that, but I'm really trying to get in front of that room. And so while I was scared, I'll never forget the first presentation I ever did in network marketing. I was doing it in front of about five friends. We were using my apartment complex's clubhouse. And I was up there, you know, showing them. I was so nervous. Y'all. I was shaking. <laughs> and all I had to do was press play. But I was like, nah, I'm about to do this. So I pressed that little play. I did my intro, I pressed play and I got through it. And then I try to find more ways to get on more stages, right? So you got to be willing to speak in this industry. Mm -hmm. Now, another thing when it comes to this industry, you know, they talk about, you know, the prospecting, you got to prospect people. Most people didn't know I was in network marketing that met me like on the street. Like if I met y'all on the street, you know how people do this in network marketing. They're like, oh yeah, well, do you keep your business options open? Like that'd be the first yeah. question. The had. very first damn thing. I'm like, <laughs> damn, bro, I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> they under the store like, hey, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? You're like, God damn. So listen, I wasn't that aggressive recruiter. I hate that about the industry. And I hate that they teach that to people because most of us don't know how to listen. We only know how to talk. So when you teach somebody that principle, you're not necessarily teaching them how to recruit because you're just teaching them to just spit out stuff. So the way that I did stuff is I would learn how, it's this technique called form, family, occupation, recreation, message. Before I even pitch a business to you, I'm going to know what is the stuff you want. You might not be interested in this business. And so the last thing I ever want to do is throw you off or turn you off 
because I'm talking to you about something where you're not even interested. And so I'm going to learn more about you, right? And I would also be, instead of me trying to talk to the masses, I'm not doing all of that. I'm just going to find the ones that got the sphere of influence and build those relationships. So I got really good at doing that. I got really good at listening to what people were looking for. And then another thing I would do, I would, I would use social media a lot too, because you know I could be kind of quiet on a one-on-one. So I would meet someone and then I'd be like, yo, follow me on Facebook, right? And so they follow me on Facebook because at that time it was Facebook, really. Follow me on Facebook. And then they go to my Facebook and they see me talking about the business. And then they're like, what is this thing you're in? And so I would indirectly connect with people instead of being so upfront and aggressive and let people actually come to me versus mm-hmm. me coming to them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Now that's only in the network marketing space. Now in the book world, I do a little bit more prospecting, but still, even with that, I'm just, and some people may say opposite. Some people are really hard at, you know, prospecting and hard at closing. I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to have to convince nobody to do nothing with me. I don't convince clients to do books with me. That's just never been my personality. So for me, that has always worked. Yeah. You're not trying to sell people on stuff. You're just trying to provide value to your target audience. At the Absolutely. End of the day. Absolutely. I feel like, and while, yes, we are always selling, mm-hmm. but. You're selling to somebody who would actually be interested, not just selling to. Yeah. It's like, I'm not convincing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can sell, but I'm also not in the space of trying to convince you. And I think a lot of times in this industry, that's, you know, the industry of network marketing, even in my business, I'm in a lot of coaches and stuff. They be trying to convince people like, this is what you need. I'm not doing that. I even say convince. Let's say pressure. Like, let's call it like that pressure too. Like, sometimes people feel like I noticed in them environments, uh, because I was a part of one of those network marketing things getting out. I was a tripreneur then, though. And like, I noticed that's kind of like the consistent theme within it. It's like, hey, like, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. Like, everybody's kind of just stuck on that one thing. Yeah. yeah. If I can also say something else, when you get in the industry of anything, you got to know who you are. Mm-hmm. And I think that helped me a lot because I used to know what I was willing to do and what I was not. And I'm not like, I don't need to do certain things for the sake of recognition because that's also really big in the industry. Like you get recognized and some people do need it. You know, to be mm-hmm. honest, there were some people that they would only stick in the company because they get recognized because nobody else was recognizing. And that's sad. It's honestly sad when you think about it. There would be people that would come to the conference because they knew that I would probably give them a certificate because I used to do all type of recognition certificates, mm-hmm. give, you know, like different stones, like a gratitude stone or, you know, our company, we had diamond, like you would go diamond. So I would give like these swords and crystals and mm-hmm. people still have them to this day because a lot of times after graduation of high school, people don't recognize people anymore. And I think that's, it's really sad. Like it'll be people who will literally stay in a company just for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. When did the book come in play? I guess that's what my next question would be like. Yeah. You said you out while you were still in network marketing. Yeah. So I had hit one of the top levels of leadership in the company. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like feeling myself, you know what I'm saying? I'm popping now. You yeah. know? I got this nice car. I'm staying in this nice townhome in Buckhead. I'm like, let me start reaching back to some of these people I met when I first moved to Atlanta. And so I reached out to this dude that was a lawyer that I had first met when I moved to Atlanta. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, let's do lunch. So we get together, we're doing lunch and he's like telling me what's going on with his life. He had just got engaged and he just made partnered his law firm and all type of great stuff. Right. So he's like, yeah, so what you doing? I was like, oh, I'm selling coffee. He was like, what? You got your own coffee? I was like, well, you know, and I explained to him, I'm a distributor with the company and da 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 da. Yeah. 
his whole energy changed up. Like, bro, it's like I told bro I was selling drugs because he was like, uh-uh, get me out of here. Like, he was ready. Yeah. And so I was like, dang. I was like, first of all, bruh, bruh, I'm probably making more money than you. No shade, no tea. I was making a nice bag then. Dang, more than him just becoming a partner? Yeah. I was making 40, 50,000 a month. Jeez. What you think? Okay. I don't think partners making Thanks, that. <laughs> Right. And I, I mean, unless you're a part of what's one of these, the Cochrane firm, maybe. maybe <laughs> right. I was making 40, 50 a month. So I'm like, now to tell him, like, bro, I'm making more than you. Like, you trying to play me. I'm just thinking, like, okay, he doesn't respect me as a businesswoman. So that's when I was like, and I had been hearing, you know, I had went to this one conference about book writing. And I had already actually, before then, I did enroll into this program. I spent $10,000 to go learn about selling front of the stage as well as writing this public domain book, right? By the way, I'm a big investor into myself. That's why I'm here at this conference now, right? So anywho, he tried to play me. So I was like, okay, let me figure out a way that people can respect me. So this was the first book and it used to be called A Vision of Freedom. But when I wrote it, the door started opening up. So then transitioning from that, if I'm, okay, here's a truth moment. Another true moment about network marketing. It's not all companies. I'm really grateful. In fact, the conference that I'm at right now is another gentleman who is a one of the, he's the number one income earner in, I don't know about in the whole United States, I mean, in the whole world, but probably in the United States, like bro is making like over a million a month and it's his conference. And so he's amazing. And he also doesn't care if his leaders brand themselves. Well, in the company I was in, when I wrote that book, we got a call all of a sudden that all the diamonds need to come to Texas, right? Because that's where everybody was at. And um, at this meeting, they like, oh, we got diamonds writing books. He was talking about me. And he was, I was like, oh, you talking about me? Oh, I'm you're not doing it in a shady way, though. Yeah, like, like I'm a part. would have been like, yeah, I got, I got where you want it. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple in the bag if you need some. So I was like, uh, you talking about me? And he was like, well, I didn't know you wrote a book, Lies. I said, okay. So ultimately what he said, he was like, well, if you're trying to build your brand, just know that your brand can't be bigger than the brand. So he ultimately said, because you're trying to brand yourself, we now have to take you off of the platform. What type of lack mentality having is that? And so I was like, oh, I was done. At that point, I said, I can't be in this company no more because you talk about abundance from the stage and you share that we, this is a company of abundance and we are brothers and sisters, but I've written something that at the end of the day is very edifiable. This is an edifiable title. She's an author who wouldn't want to, you know, oh man, she's an author. Let me connect with her. So at that point um, I decided I didn't want to be in the industry anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because David, it, who's a venom man, he, David and Monetier, he was like, he called me up and was like, yo, you need to do some coaching. Cause he knew I didn't really like network marketing. I was just really good at it. And I loved impacting people. And so he's like, start a coaching business. And we came up with a name. I don't call it that anymore. It used to be called System Mastery, but now my uh, program is actually called Book Profits Club. Uh, but we that was the first one. And I did my first event. I had 61 people. I'll never forget the number. I had 61 people show up and five people signed up into my coaching business. They paid $500 a piece. And I was done. Like, I was like, oh, this is it. I'm done. And fast forward to today, I'm still doing it. And that is, it's just to tell anybody that no matter what people say about you, you know, because a lot of people did think I had lost my mind. No mm-hmm. matter what people say about you, like, you got to focus forward on what is good for you. 
And again, follow one course. Notice I said I started off in this coaching space. I haven't left it. I haven't left it. And I've stayed on this course. Now, the first couple of years, if I could be transparent, I was trying to do the most because I didn't really know what the vehicle was going to be. So I was teaching people book writing. I also had a public speaking course. I also had a social media course. I even had a web design course because I know how to do websites, right? My background or my, my degrees in computer science, so I'm a little techie. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to do all these things and I was a la carte myself to death, you know, and, and I was really like, I was bringing in clients, but I wasn't making no money. So it wasn't until 2018 that I started speaking to God and like, listen, what do I need to do? And the word was go back to focusing on one thing. So I decided to stop teaching public speaking, stop social media coaching, stop with all that other stuff. And I focused on books. Mm. And now not only do I make way more money, I'm actually surpassing what I made in network marketing, but I'm also, listen to this, working way less. Mm. I work a couple hours a day. How about that? Won't he do it? Yes, he oh, <laughs> Gotta slow down and speed up. <laughs> listen, listen, you absolutely do. You absolutely do. I actually wanted to talk about, you know, the book club now, Book Profits Club. How I like the way that you structure it um, because I was listening to one of your other interviews and you're like, you know, you get people to work together and we all write it together. And now you're able to make more. I kind of want to go into that. How did you even come up with that type of framework and that type of idea? Absolutely. Well, for people that are starting from scratch and they want to have a book at the end of the day, I have two different types of programs. And so Mm -hmm. I have my three day book camp which is for people who want to write their own book from cover to cover, just solely them. But then I also do what I call collaboration projects. Now, some people call them anthologies, but this also goes back to what type of books I actually help people to write. I don't do biographies and memoirs. I don't do fictional storybooks. I don't do none of that. Mm -hmm. My books that I help people to write are specifically how to instructional based because nine times, well, 10 times out of 10, I want you to take that book and use that book to sell something else of value, mm. higher products, services, things of that nature. Even if you just, you might be a massage therapist and you write a book, right? So the way that I came up with the collaboration project, what was happening was when I first got started into the book world, I kept on having people that were like, oh, I really want to write a book, but I don't know if I got enough time or, you know, it's intimidating to write a whole book and all that stuff. So I was like, you know what, let me do a collaboration project. So because I still had connections with some people in the network marketing world, right? I did my very first book, which was Women in MLM. And the goal was because, oh, and I was pissed too, because I was like, he tried to play me because I wrote a book thinking I'm trying to like capitalize off of that when I'm really using it as a tool to recruit more people. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I see what you're doing. I'm going to do a collaboration, but with other women in MLM and teach people how MLM can help you. And so I did that first book and we had people get in. Then I did another one and then I did a men in MLM. And then I did another book called Multiple Streams of Income because living off of one paycheck ain't paying you or working anymore, right? And then I just kept on doing these different books and then fast forward to, I mean, we've done more than 30 plus books. Now what's dope about a collaboration project is that number one, everybody contributes a chapter, the content, right? Mm -hmm. And the way that we do it, we don't do it like where you just submit us your stuff. We have a format where you're actually given information. So we're going to interview you, right? Because people don't really always, and this is true. People don't really care about people's story. 
until they know how your story can help them. What people really care about is help me. <laughs> they want the result. Help me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they want the result. I don't care about all that. Can you show me how you did it? Right. So I create the, the structure is to teach you something in these collaboration projects. And the goal with the collaborators is not only do they take this book and leverage it as a tool to have that influence, but now you sell something else. So anyway, so everybody's contributing a chapter. And also I tell my co-authors, I say, listen, and I'm only saying that for technical reasons right now. I say, stop telling everybody you're a collaborator or you're a co-author. Bruh, sis, you're an author. Doesn't matter that you contribute one chapter. If you're in a book and your name is on the book. And so we do it in different ways as well. We like customize the cover. I even teach them how to pre-sell. I teach all of my clients how to pre-sell books, how to make money before the book is even started, and then how to generate additional streams of income leveraging. And it's funny because I actually was going to stop doing collaboration projects because now I'm starting to get, you know, I have my new program in the three-day book camp where we have everybody getting their books done in three days. And so I was like, I ain't gonna do it no more. But then I get on this other podcast and he's like, bro so now i got everybody like listen i want to do a collaboration book so i'm not want to leave money on the table you know what i'm saying so i said okay we'll we'll bring it back i mean i still do some for myself like my own books but i'm now allowing clients that want to come to the table and do a collaboration project that we can manage so it's a dope thing and by the way anybody that has a sphere of influence and what i mean by influence that's not the same as followers influence means if i tell you to go and buy this for a hundred dollars you go do it that's influence uh, followers is if I post this and say, go buy it for a hundred dollars, y'all just like it. Big difference, right? Mm. So if you have a sphere of influence and you want to put together a collaboration project, that's something that we do. And it allows you to generate another stream of income, but also to generate something that you cannot pay for. And that's where people are now feeling important, feeling value because you just helped someone to write a book. 97% of most people who want to write a book never will. So when you help them to put together this book, they will forever love you. And so that's one of the things I see with like my people that lead these projects or put it together. When that book finally comes, they're like, oh my God, like my name is on a cover of a book. Like I can't believe that I did this. And so you'll have people that, you know, they love it because of that fact that you can use your clients. Let's say you, you're already coaching people. You want them to come in and do a collaboration book. Or maybe, you know, you want to get them to become your clients. That's a great way. You might be doing a conference and inviting people to come and speak, put together a collaboration book. One of my girlfriends, we're going to Egypt. She's going to do a collaboration book with all the people that's coming to Egypt. So there's so many ways of how you can really leverage these projects to build and generate multiple streams of income. That's dope. That's, yeah, that's, 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 group really genius. Yeah, that's group economics at work for real. Thank hey, you. you said in there that y'all customize the books. Yeah. So like... Everybody that writes the book, they can brand the book behind themselves. Yes, because this is the thing. The first collaboration book I ever read was by this gentleman who was in network marketing. And on the cover, it had three other people that I didn't know who they were at the time because I wasn't plugged into personal development. He had Deepak Chopra on the cover, Jack Canfield and somebody else. Kind of find out this company actually got sued because them people did not agree to be in this book. Okay, another story. (laughs) But. When I bought the book, I bought it because he sold it to me. So guess what chapter I went to go read first? And the only chapter, yeah. his chapter, right? So I was like, why would I want to put all of these other people on the cover when really the person that bought it from that person, they bought it so they could read this person's chapter. And if, let me tell you something about the blessing of God, if that person happens to be a connector, 
Okay. So in certain situations, you may not, that may not become like your clients, but maybe you giving them the book and they go read your chapter. And then they say, Oh, let me see who else is in here. And they read it. You will be blessed by making that connection too. And so the way that I teach my co-authors and I'm saying for technical reasons, the co-authors is that understand that the blessing may not always come in the person now becoming your customer. The blessing comes because you are now in a collaborative project where we are all working together and building an abundance of whatever it is that this book is about. And so you might be there to connect them to someone else and know that that seed sown is going to produce a harvest. Sorry, y'all. I'm a big believer that Jesus Christ walked this earth. So I hey, me too. So amen. Okay, good. I cannot ever speak about the blessing and the goodness of him and sowing and what that all turns into. And so I love those because I think I feel like it teaches our people how to effectively work together because we don't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's another blessing that happens to happen without even trying because of these projects. So so you talked about the guy getting sued and now I got to ask. So with these projects, what does the structure of all that look like, right? If you're getting all these different people to collaborate on a book, like what does ownership of the book look like? What does like, like, yeah, what yeah, LLC, yeah, all that stuff. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Great question. So the guy, I don't even know who the company was. It was just another company that did publishing company or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. But what they did was, I guess they took content from Jack Canfield and Deepak Chopra that was from somewhere else uh -huh. and they put it in the book without their permission. I got you. Right? Now, the thing is, when you have this collaborative deal, I always tell people up front, now I have contracts. By the way, everybody, people, start getting contracts, but even the services that you provide. People come into my book camp, they got to sign a contract. Yeah. They come into the collaboration project, they got to sign a contract because what you're not going to do is lie and say <laughs> that yeah, you didn't have the services you invested in. But for the right. But for the collaborative deals, you don't own rights to the entire book. You only own rights to your chapter. And they know that. So because I'm, let's just say I'm the one, or let's just say Jalen, right? Jalen? Yes, ma'am. That's me. Let's say Jalen says, Tari, I want you to do a collaboration project. And I got some people or, you know, we help you bring some people. Well, Jalen owns the rights to the entire book. Mm. The co-author, they only own the rights to their chapter. Now, what we do do is I'm not in the book printed business. I'm a coach. By the way, I don't even like to say I'm just in the publishing business because I teach you further beyond like now that we got the book, what's next? But now let's just say your authors, they want to be able to promote their book and stuff like that on websites. Well, what I don't let them do is I don't let them promote it on Amazon. Only Jalen can promote it on Amazon because he owns from cover to cover the rights. But I do let them list it on their own website where people can go to their website to purchase and then they can ship it. Now, how do they get the books? Well, some companies do it different ways. Some companies will say, well, you got to come to us to order additional copies because we're going to charge you, you know, $10 per copy, right? Plus shipping. Me, I don't do all of that. <laughs> I let you go directly to the printer and reorder your books because I'm not in the, right now. Let's just say that as for now. Until I get my own warehouse and we print our own books, I'm not going to do a third party. Like, I'm not doing all that. If I got to do third party, you go straight to them because I'll get the harvest somewhere else. So, yeah. So I let them have creative control. So a new thing we started doing is because I know everybody's on this ebook tip, which that's another conversation. I don't teach people to profit from ebooks because my clients are speakers and coaches. 
So you need to have tangible product. You know how many leads I've made at this conference? Don't tell nobody how many leads I made at this conference by giving people the book. You can't give a tangible ebook. You know what I'm saying? They can't fill an ebook. But what I will do is I'll let them have their chapter designed in an ebook. So if they want to give it away at events, because we don't write books to make profits. We write books to leverage. To make a million dollars selling a book, you know how many books you got to sell? Over 400,000 books in a year. Sheesh. Who doing that? Anybody doing that? Even if you had a half a million followers, you're still not selling 400,000 books, right? So I teach you how to leverage that book so you can then sell those higher products and services. So yeah, legally, you get your chapter, but you don't get creative control over everything else. And then the reason why I also had people sign contracts because when I first got started, I had this lady, cancer. By the way, y'all, can I share something? I'm doing a broadcast on Monday about how to get rid of business bullies and toxic people. Mm. If you know when you start to do business with someone, their energy is off. Sometimes it's best to just go ahead and cancel it right away or let them know I'm sensing something about your energy. I'm not sure if I want to move forward with you because it can end up being a bad situation in the end. So we had this one lady who I I could feel she was going to be a problem. So the lady whose collaboration book it was, because it wasn't mine, a lady came on board and it was her collaboration book. She wrote her introduction and conclusion to the book because she's the owner. So she writes the intro and the conclusion, right? Well, the lady didn't like the way the intro and conclusion was. Ma'am, this is not your book. (laughs) And so one of the things I had to learn up front is to tell everybody up front, you are a contributing author. You do not get to say what goes in the intro and the conclusion. You do get to put everything that you want to have in your chapter. So that's some legal things that I think is very important because she was a mess, y'all. If I ever see that lady, I promise you, I forgive her, but I ain't saying nothing to her. (laughs) That's all right. Yeah. Y'all got anything else? Uh, yeah, I know it's coming up on time. Are we already? Yeah, yeah. we've been we've been going in. Yeah. So, Taria, uh, we gonna go ahead. We are gonna pivot to the last segment of the show. So, I want to ask you, what's a personal finance tip or principle that you would like to share with somebody who's just getting started on their journey? <laughs> personal finance tip for everybody getting started on your journey. Please, first of all, register your business. Mm. Y'all stop. Let's stop being ghetto with our businesses and cash app and everything. First, go get your business registered, LLC it up, whatever you need to do, get your real business license and then open up a business bank account. And then if you're accepting payments, accept payments through credited processors, you know, like processors that you can actually use when it's time for taxes. A lot of us, we out here doing business real backwards. Oh, you can cash at me. Or you can just, you know, shoot me a little. No, 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 no. That is not. Family, friends and family. Yeah, friends and family. Yeah, like, come on, y'all. Let's start operating in excellence. And I see this a lot. Even like, you know, a lot of people that are like in a service space, like the young lady, when I get my hair done, I'm like, girl, the cash app. Like, we got to, come on. Because let's just say down the line, you want to get some official business funding, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they're not going to look at cash app as that's a real way of receiving funds. And so a lot of times we mess ourselves up in the front because we're not setting ourselves up the right way. Because I did it too. Like I was out here only doing PayPal and stuff. I had to stop. I had to start making sure I connected myself with a real business bank account, with a real processor. And PayPal can work free, but Cash App ain't it. That's not a business, you know, stuff. So yeah, Mm -hmm. if I was to say anything, please set your businesses up right up front, right now, right now. Do it right now. Don't wait until you get to, you know, big bank. Do it now. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. And for everyone who's out there, who, if they want to tap in with you, if they want to follow you, if they want to work with you on a collaboration, 
or even on the three-day boot camp, how do they get in touch with you? What's some of your social media and stuff like that? Well, so this is something that I teach my students as well. So I don't give out a whole lot of different links and things like that to go to because a confused mind does nothing. The only thing I'm going to tell y'all to go to is 10kbook.com. That's the number 1010kbook.com because I'm helping 1,000 authors to make over $10,000 a month, week, or day. 10kbook.com. Once you go there, you'll get access to my free masterclass. Okay, it's free. You ain't got to pay nothing. But once you get access to that, you'll also get all of my other contact details, details on the other live events that I have coming up. But that's the only place I want y'all to go. 10kbook.com. And then you'll be able to find everything else that you need to find after that. I like that. Yeah, a confused simple. mind does nothing. Yeah, listen, confused mind, and that's what a lot of people do. One call to action. Mm-hmm. One call, just one call, and that one call does it all. Ooh, Ooh come on, she got bars. Let me try bars. <laughs> oh, here's a little funny fact. When I was young too, I wanted to be a rapper. Guess what my rap name was? Y'all not gonna guess. guess what, what was it? T <laughs> Fresh. I hope it's better than White Lightning. That's close. That was kind of, it was Tia Lucci. Tia Lucci. Tia Lucci, I know, up in these streets. That's hilarious. crown, boss. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But three, we want to say thank you so much for coming on. This has been a great episode. Definitely learned yeah, a lot from you. Uh, Definitely like the outlook that you gave me on network marketing. You definitely changed my perception on it. So appreciate you for that as well. Yes, indeed. And if there's anything we could ever do for you, you know, you got our info, you could just reach out to us. We appreciate you and uh, all that great stuff. Because, yeah, this has been dope. This has been dope. Yeah. So we're going to wrap this one up. But before we get up out of here, we get into some house cleaning. Yeah. You know, we want to say thank you to all of our listeners who come in week in, week out, always kicking it with us, soaking up this game. We appreciate y'all for that. Once again, y'all leave us a five-star rating and review. Share this with family, friends, anybody that you find this could be helpful to. Y'all also can get into our online academy, BWR Academy. Uh, You can gain seven days free access by going to BWRacademy.com. BWRacademy.com, you get seven days free access. You can gain access to our weekly budgeting calls. We have those every Sunday, 7 p.m., our weekly accountability calls every Wednesday at 6 a.m. Central Standard Time. And then we also have our weekly classes taught by industry leaders, some of our friends who are vetted and professionals and excel in their industries. So come learn these personal finance principles. Sir, EWR Academy going up. And Jared, we got one new review, my brother. You referring to the one by Lone Peso? Yes, sir. All right. Well, major shout out to Long Peso. The review says, great podcast. Thank you, 100. Uh, it says, so many gems and knowledge uh, also are spoken in a way that is more understanding and easier to digest the information. Thank you for your review. Thank you for, you know, giving us a shout out and everything and knowing that it's, we trying to make it in a way that it is very digestible for everybody. That's always been our goal to make it to where everybody can understand the message as easy as possible with everything that we're covering. So I'm glad that that's been a good thing that's been coming across. Uh, everybody else, keep letting us know your feedback. Let us know if it's easy for you to understand as well. Let us know if it's something else that we need to break down. Yes, sir. Yes, indeed. And with that said, and on that note, yeah. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? 
not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.